to the Gridiron Show. And apologies, a slightly belated Gridiron Show to review week one. And what a week one it was! Probably the best week one I've ever enjoyed. Six games finished within two points. It really should have been seven if it hadn't been for a stupid safety. And I and the 49ers won. Everything is coming up, Gavin. This is the Gridiron Show. Hello, welcome to The Grind Show. Will Gavin and Ollie Hunter in studio. Um, look, we'll get the apologies out of the way early. First of all, hi, Ollie. How are you? Hey, fine. I know you're tired and you've been here a bloody long time today, so let's bang this out. So long. <laughs> so long. So uh, the normal plan for this season, particularly for people if they're just joining our podcast for the first time this year, is that we will do a show on a Monday night... That then on Tuesday early morning, I record my takes on Monday Night Football. And then we have it out for when you're out of bed on Tuesday morning. And you when I'm out to, of bed. Yeah, well, when you're out of bed, whoever. Whoever's okay. listening. Yeah. I, I, and the thing is, that applies to everyone, Ollie, because everyone gets out of bed at some point. Unless we've got some shut-ins. If you're a shut-in, tweet us at Gridiron. We'll come around your house and watch the games with you. What's a shut-in? You know, like uh, an agoraphobic or whatever. Oh, okay. I'd never heard that phrase before. Shut-in. It's quite American, I think. But, you know... It just, I mean, we're talking American this is, sports. This so. has gone a really weird direction already. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so the point is, is that normally we will have a show out Tuesday morning. Obviously, it's Wednesday morning when this show is coming out. Um, this is entirely my fault, and I have no issue with admitting that. But just to let you know that going forwards, you'll get a show much quicker. It'll have all our takes from the weekend. But for this show, because you've already heard everyone's takes on the weekend, we'll do some of our takes. We're going to talk about the new quarterbacks in the league. We're going to particularly, we've got a great guest coming on, Jeff Christensen, who is the quarterback guru who this weekend saw his stock go absolutely through the roof. Already known as the guy who'd worked with the likes of Kirk Cousins and and done well with them. He's the man who in the off-season has been working with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trevor Simeon. So Matt Sherry from Gridiron has been talking with those guys, uh, with with Jeff Christensen, about those guys, about their poise in the pocket, about their impressive debuts, because, wow, did those two players have impressive debuts in their victories where they were not the favoured teams this weekend. And uh, can, you, can you just reassure me that it's not, you know, 10, 15 minutes of Matt Sherry guffawing and uh you know <laughs> doing things that, slapping his thigh and yeah, patting about, himself on the back about and garoppolo just generally being a pat- look i'm gonna rant about all of that a little Jeanine bit later garoppolo. on we've also got um <laughs> we'll also be looking at the tuesday morning touchdown uh if you go to gridiron What's hyphen, that? if you go to gridiron-magazine.com every week we release uh, <laughs> a collection of our thoughts on the weekend uh i write a section ollie writes a section liam blackburn who you'll have heard on this show matt sherry you'll have heard on this show uh, as well as a couple of the other guys involved in the gr- uh, gridiron. I know that Cy Clancy will be doing one once he's back from the Paralympics. So we'll talk about that, and we've got loads of tweets in from you as well. So we're just going to kind of go a-, a bit scattershot around week one, discuss some of the topics, and just have a bit of fun with it, because there's no point in going through game by game and giving our takes on all of it. You know what happened by this point. You've seen the highlights. You're ready to start talking about next week, to be honest, and we'll preview Thursday Night Football as well the Buffalo Bill in action against Miami? I want to say the Jets, but I don't think it is because that's what it was last time. That was... Uh that it was is, it is the Jets. That You're was right. colorblind gate. I just I remembered that it was in... Oh, that's one thing we do have to talk about. Hashtag kit watch. Ollie. Uh, wait, wait, wait. As of... It goes like this. <laughs> kit watch. Oh, that was almost in sync. Oh, my God. Right. So as everyone knows who gave me lots of stick on Twitter, I went to see Radiohead this weekend instead of Why would anyone give you... Oh, yeah, okay. Instead of watching watching the NFL. Um, uh, They were glorious. Oh. I haven't actually asked you anything about it. One of... (sighs) Maybe no, no, the... let's do. Can we do? Let's do that at the end because people might not want to hear it. Okay, but the point is, is that I, you'll maybe notice my voice is a little gruff today. That's a combination of three days of very heavy drinking, fags, uh, smoking a lot, yeah, um, 
it was very dusty as well. Berlin was like 30 degrees this weekend, which is incredibly rare for that part of Germany for this time of year. And it got very dusty at the festival to the point where when Major Laser was on stage before Radiohead. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> he, he, he got the whole crowd doing like a dance move thing, like where they had to stomp to the left and stomp to the right and then do a little ass shake thing in the middle and then jump up and down. And the dust the cloud. Pokey. Yeah, it was basically like, it was basically, <laughs> put your left foot in, <laughs> your left foot out. <laughs> we were stood near the back for it and by the time the crowd had done this dance a couple of times the dust cloud that they managed to kick up had completely covered the stage well done major but <sighs> i also tried to sing along to tom york singing radiohead songs when i was drunk and uh, that's hard his voice is difficult to uh, to mimic and uh, you know yeah, I can I've do ruined it? my vocal cords. Not only do I, when I had hair, I looked a bit like I th- him. You still do, mate. I, s- I think I still look like him. You need a lazier eye. Notice I said lazier. Just saying, buddy. You need to give better care of yourself. Come on. Stop doing that. That's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie is just sat here trying to do a lazy eye through and it looks a little bit like he's had a stroke. Oh, I don't like that at all. Oh. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, uh, that was it, too much. It got weird. That was way too much. Also, we're going to do Hysteria this week. Oh, great. Uh, I, I really like the way it's going. Hysterical! Uh, you can't beat that, can you? Well, so, the first year we did it, we did Hysteria Lane, where we used the music from Desperate Housewives. <laughs> and Wisteria Lane. <laughs> yeah, I remember exactly. that. That was great. Um, and then we moved on to uh, Let's Get Physical. And uh, so we asked, I specifically, rather than putting out to general Twitter, because I forgot to, I asked the guys who joined the auction league that we've done through the podcast uh, for some suggestions. And they sent me a few across. So we're going to maybe pick a new song that we can redo to work in and get your hysterical takes on week one. A lot of you have tweeted those in as well. I've gone button crazy. Ollie, did you enjoy week one? Oh, wow. I loved it. I loved it. It was... I went to the Hippodrome uh, with Bobby Wilcox and Ben Priest. Uh, it was good. It was rammed. It was busy. Yeah, week one. Um, the Jags versus the Packers was more nerve-wracking than I thought it would be. Well... And it was as close as I thought it would Ollie's be. Ollie's TMT this week on gridiron-magazine.com. See, look at this. Look, look at this synergy. Nice. Uh, is, is all about the Packers, isn't it? Well... It's the only game I really watch totally in focus. Uh, well, but you, you can't watch every game, can you? Were you downing some pfeffermint schnapps, or was that just me? I was downing some Guinness, oh, which is the plural of Guinness. It really shouldn't be, though, should it? Like Brunei, Sultan of Guinness. You know that's all the Sultan. That's right. That is incredibly niche. I'm not going into that. <laughs> let's just let's just talk about Ollie's Ollie's comments with Jordy Nelson back. It's given license for Aaron Rodgers to show us once again that he's one of the best in the business. He was excellent throughout, apart from a few first game underthrows on the opening possessions. As the Green Bay Packers left Jacksonville with a hard fought 27-23 win. Now, uh, so far, I'm afraid I'm not on board, but we'll get to that in a moment. Why? Where you are, bang on. Yet 12 wasn't the only reason for Packers fans to be excited. Several notable performances from a defence expected to improve in 2016. Morgan Burnett outstanding. Clay Matthews led a strong effort from the line with a sack and two tackles for a loss. I thought that the uh, defensive backs, particularly towards the end of the game, this is one of the games I I Mm. have come back and watched in full since I got back from Berlin, were excellent and I was really impressed with that side of the ball. The offence, I think, still needs time to click. I don't think Jordy Nelson's there yet. And I think, actually... What you saw from Aaron Rodgers on Sunday was similar to what you saw from Aaron Rodgers through September last year when he was phenomenal individually without getting a huge amount of help from those around him. And the problem last year is he couldn't maintain that past six, seven weeks because you need some bloody help. And it, like this is what people kind of forget. And Matt Sherry, actually, of Gridiron being one of the worst for this, he says, oh, Aaron Rodgers in preseason looks like Aaron Rodgers did. I did our eight accents in about four words and that was ridiculous. Uh, like he did last season. Well, the first half of last season, Aaron Rodgers was the best we've ever seen him play. Yeah, and t- until uh, our Green Bay went to the bye week. And then came off the bye week and got spanked in Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was the first six games Green Bay went 6-0. and And then it was really kind of downhill from there. I agree with you that the offense needs to click. But I, I what, you, st- what you do have is straight away Aaron Rodgers 
is playing lights out football. Yeah, and my point is is that right now they are relying more heavily on Rodgers than they did prior to the 2015 season. And I think as Jordy Nelson gets more game fit and game ready and gets that time under his belt, they'll be able to rely more on the system, the the, the receivers, the way that they move. But Jacksonville kept it damn close, looked impressive on both sides of the ball. Blake Bortles, few wobbles here and there, but overall I was really impressed with Jacksonville. I was pleased. Well, of course you were with Blake, Blake Bortles. What Jacksonville did was they, well, they've got to fit Julius Thomas to start off the season. They found the a, a good matchup with Quinton Rollins uh, for the touchdown. Quinton Rollins, Ha-Ha Clinton Dix and uh, Demarius Randall, they came back at the end of the game and, and pulled out some amazing plays to... to to stop Jacksonville from coming back in the game. I'm not worried about the offence. And, okay, Jordy Nelson looked sluggish. I think it was 32 yards from six. Had the touchdown catch. But he had the touchdown catch. Devontae Adams dropped a load of balls uh, in the beginning of the game. I I tweeted out, it's it's the Devontae Adams of last year. But that catch was an excellent catch. I think, as I said in in, in the piece on Gridiron Hypha Magazine... Iron out some of those week one. We may see it again in week two, but iron out those kinks. I think we might see a, a Packers offense that is humming and purring once more. I just think you've got to be overexcited. That's what I'm saying, mate. Well, it was week one. Ha, um, have you got the my folder open in front of you there, Ollie? Because there's some there's something that you're going to need to be dropping in a moment's time because we need to talk the Rams. We need to talk about Jeff Fisher and we need to talk about what happened in the Bay Area last night in one of the worst games of football I think anyone's had to witness. And it was such an incredible opening weekend, such a wonderful set of performances. The shootouts given us to us by the Raiders and Saints, and we'll talk about those, some of your tweets in about Jack Del Rio. The shootout that the Lions and Colts gave us. The, you know, so many great, great games, so many tight games. We'll talk about the Pats, Cardinals, everything else as well. To go to a talent-starved San Francisco 49ers and lay a literal egg and not score a single point. Do you know what that is, Ollie? That is seven and nine bullshit. Okay, may have hit two buttons at exactly the same time there. Uh, <laughs> but yes, it was seven and nine bullcrap. No, it wasn't. It was no. It was zero and sixteen. Yeah, bull right. crap, Ollie Hunter. Yeah, it okay, was yeah. truly dreadful. And yes, Carlos Hyde had a good game. And yes, the 49ers front seven That's looked more impressive. <laughs> yes, it is looked more impressive than it did last season. But all in all, and I, I can give plenty of 49ers hot takes. I don't think anyone wants to hear that. All, You're right. No all, one all, does. All in all, the Rams were a disgrace last night. Truly dreadful. And um, well, you uh, sent out a great tweet about. Uh, about LA and being proud of of that team. Oh, I bet you they're delighted to see that that's the first one. And guess what? Next week, you get to welcome the Seahawks to the Coliseum because that's going to be an easy game. I know they were terrible this past weekend, but that's uh, so tough for LA for that to be their first home game. It'll probably bring a crowd in, but oof, oof. And we could mention the Seahawks as well. Are you worried that was, about... That was one of the other bad games this weekend. Well, I was going to say, but before that, are you worried about Todd Gurley? A few people did tweet in about this with their hysterical drops. Hysterical! Hysterical! Viney tweets, is it hysterical to say Todd Gurley is overrated, seeing so many stats about his first four games compared to since? Niall Owen says Todd Gurley is a bust. Uh, From what I saw last night, the problem is Todd Gurley's talent hasn't dropped in any way. The offensive line of the Rams is an utter, utter mess. And Case Keenum, it's so embarrassing that this is the same team who, let's not forget, traded their top pick away to Washington to give them RG3. And then when they played Washington in the league, set as their captains the players they picked up with the picks they got out of that trade to troll Washington. They've gone, spent all of these draft picks to go and get Jared Goff and he can't beat out this guy who goes into Levi's Stadium and lays an egg. Case Keenan was terrible last night. The offensive line looks really, really messy and I think Todd 
Todd Gurley's going to have a tough time this year. He had a couple of big games. The second game against the Seahawks last year, they had a touchdown and ran for a decent number of yards. So he can do it against the Seahawks. He may do it again this week. But, yeah, I, I, just, I just... Jeff Fisher should be gone and should have been gone a long time ago. And it's dreadful that they've moved to a new city and had to deal with this nonsense. It's a, you're right. It's an absolute disgrace. Just to mention that Seahawks game, because uh, we're talking about the bad games of the weekend, uh, 59 minutes of play uh, kept out of the end zone. The... Seahawks offensive line looks as poor as we thought it was going to do. Jermaine Afraidy is a real issue. And maybe the fact that this Dolphins line, I mean, Ndomikin Sue was brilliant yesterday. So maybe the Dolphins defensive line really was what made the difference. But Wilson couldn't get mobile in the pocket. They couldn't get the run game going. They split well, the Wilson got hurt, didn't two he? of them. He did. And that last drive he did on one leg. And I'm not slanging off Wilson in any way because that drive he managed on that final leg. But I, um, I, I was listening to Andy Benoit of uh, I don't want to claim this uh, take as my own because Andy Benoit well, that's of, the unusual MMQB, for you. <laughs> of the MMQB is one of the best film watchers out there but he talked about what's interesting with Russell Wilson is that he's a player who when he gets into these situations and the O-line is playing bad take away those eight games from the end of last season there was the terrible interception he gave up where the pressure came in the pocket he actually spun a full 360 degrees twice to try and escape the pressure and then just lobbed the ball up in the air now sometimes that'll go to Jimmy Gray and his ability to extend plays is really exciting or Doug Baldwin will claim out of the air and sometimes it will go for a pick and he's a guy who there's a good floor there but the ceiling is very variable if you don't give him a really good running game and what will happen is that you'll get inconsistency and you'll get some games like yesterday where they got 12 points and the defence saved them and they won it on that basis and you get other games where he'll play exactly the same and he'll put 30, 35 points up I don't fear for the Seahawks longer term but that O-line is a real genuine issue and if Russell Wilson what's interesting if you go back to his rookie season Russell Wilson never got hit and I literally mean never he was so careful about running out of bounds about sliding last season he took a lot of hits and already he's taking a lot of hits this year including obviously the uh, ankle twist that came on that Indomitian Sioux tackle and yeah the Seahawks if Russell Wilson continues to get hit like that they could have a problem but if he stays fit they'll be fine who's got the worst offensive line the Seahawks or the Browns because we saw RG3 getting repeatedly hit he's done his shoulder he's been on he's been placed on IR I mean that's four or five at weeks that they're going to then look at it and see if he's alright Josh McCown's going to come in but you are these are are these GMs culpable for the injuries that are being yeah, uh, 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 afflicted onto onto m- these quarterbacks? Much like Ryan Grigson was and still is with Andrew Luck, that offensive line still didn't look up to too much snuff against the Lions uh, uh, on Sunday night. And yeah, all in all, just shocking, just shocking. Should we talk new quarterbacks? Because I think that's... We've got Jeff Christensen. We oh, yeah, hear yeah, let's him. do that. Yeah. Um, the one of the games of the weekend and I probably one of the ways I considered doing this podcast today Ollie was quite literally just doing here's the things Will was wrong about oh I quite like that shall we just do that there are so many things I was wrong about this weekend how good were the Steelers against the against Washington well it didn't look like it for the first quarter maybe that 10 10 12 minutes when Washington couldn't finish their drives off they were marching down the field uh, the Steelers managed to give up I think it was a fumble an interception uh, yeah Antonio Brown fumbled there was an interception off Ben they looked all over the place but Big Ben Antonio Brown and then the, the supporting cast as well they've just stepped up and D'Angelo Williams uh, will, you may have heard um, Greg Rosenthal on uh, the NFL show with Nat Coombs on TalkSport 2 hashtag plug hashtag plug uh, he, say, he said that D'Angelo Williams, whenever he's been playing over the last season and obviously now, he's a top 10 back. Yeah, and and the the problem is, yes, that is the case, but he is also 34 years old. I don't think he's someone who can continue that longer term. Actually, the fact that he's going to be in three games and then will probably give up most of his work to Le'Veon Bell is beneficial for the Steelers longer term because Bell will get caught smoking weed again and probably banned again or he'll get injured because he does that when he's not being suspended. He's a frustrating talent who we want to see on the field more and we haven't been able to. But uh, there were things I got right and things I got wrong. Washington, Josh Norman. I said it last week. 
His problem is he doesn't travel with number one receivers. Antonio Brown got basically matched up with Brashad Breeland all night and ruined him. What was it, 180 yards? yards? It was. I just absolutely messed him up screen game was good oh, they were just so good in those situations whereas Josh Norman you know the highest paid corner in the whole league nice and easy for him he matched up against guys who he barely got thrown in his direction and that'll probably happen to him a lot this year but when you see what happened to say Darrell Revis in the Bengals Jets game when he got ruined by AJ Green that's that's a player who mm. is now getting thrown at because he's on the downside. Josh Norman's got the situation where he's just not being thrown at, and then he gets all this stick on Twitter because their secondary look bad, and they're like, well, they, put, it's, they spent all this money on Josh Norman. We can't win it all on his own. Well, I think Where was the- D'Angelo Hall with his Hall of Fame performances? Hey, D'Angelo, all that nonsense you gave me in preseason. Well, Sorry. It's a great point. Um, I, I saw a couple of times where Norman was... Uh, on the same side of the field as uh, Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown didn't make a play against him. So I think that was, uh, albeit at the beginning of the game, the Steelers quickly figured it out and uh, moved them away from Norman, and, and look what happened. Right, there are two things that we've missed out by going scattershot already at this point. Uh, and <laughs> well, if we're missing out your team, we will go in depth with your team with the preview this coming weekend. You, with, with your team, I did want to mention they didn't want to pay Josh Sitton. The offensive line actually... What, one thing Will was wrong about did look good this weekend they've now signed David Bakhtiari to a four year massive extension worth up to 51.67 million dollars wow. we don't have the breakdown of how much that's guaranteed etc so far but that's big news for them um, and before we move away from the 49ers Rams game we have to remember the best moment of the entire game as Neil Dutton has tweeted us can we make? Can we remake It's a Knockout with Kevin Harlan doing the commentary? Now, if you've not heard this, it's probably the most shared clip on YouTube today and definitely the most exciting thing that happened in the entire three and a half hours that the 49ers and Rams were on TV. But not a streaker, but a, a guy ran onto the field and Kevin Harlan decided he'd spice things up by calling his field invasion, his pitch invasion, as if it was a real play. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk. But there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms. Bare-chested. Somebody stop that man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, they got him. He's getting involved. That was the most exciting thing to happen tonight. I tell you what, that was a great call on your part. <laughs> I hope it was worth it, my friend, because you've got a night in the clink coming up. Night in the clink coming up. <laughs> that is incredible. And th- I think somewhere in there... The guy is drunk. The guy is drunk. That's a great drop. Yeah, start with Great drop. Get that. Where is that? He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk. But the guy is drunk. The guy is drunk. But there he goes. <laughs> that could... I could have that done was with, incredible. I could have done with that over the weekend a number of times. The guy is drunk! But there he goes! <laughs> <sighs> good, good. The do, guy do, is drunk, do you know but in, there he goes! Do you know in Berlin, Ollie, you can um, drink on the street... And so in the areas where there are lots of bars... You do that already. The off-licenses have just benches outside them where you can go and sit. And so you can go and buy beers for like 70p and then go and sit outside the off-license drinking them like you're at a pub. It's very dangerous. Or like you're a homeless person. That's where the pfefferminch schnapps came in. The homeless people do regularly come and join you. And What's a pfefferminch schnapps? Uh, peppermint schnapps. Oh, right, okay. Apparently it's the favoured drink of Berliners. Everywhere we went, we were offered it as like a, an accoutrement, an aperitif, if you will. And, uh, yeah, it, we then James Code, my friend, bought two bottles of it when we arrived at that uh, off-licence. And, as the man said, The guy is drunk! There he goes! <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> the guy is drunk, but there he goes! <laughs> okay, great. Right, let's talk some serious football. Um, one of the most impressive performances of this weekend, and we already talked about the Thursday night performance and the poise of Trevor Simeon, and we discussed that between us, but Jimmy Garoppolo starting in place of the suspended Tom Brady, 264 yards and a touchdown, leading a severely depleted New England Patriots to a 23-21 victory. If this is what the Patriots get when they lose 
both of their starting tackles. Yeah, don't, uh, one okay. of the best weapons in the league. Yeah. The best tight end maybe to ever play the game. Yeah, yeah. The best quarterback to maybe ever play the game. And then they travel to one of the best teams in the league. And this was not a bad Arizona performance. They were two very balanced teams. And they can go and they can win a game like this, setting them up for three reasonably easy home games. They're going to go 4-0 and with Jimmy Garoppolo. And then suddenly he's going to be available. And they're either going to trade him for like a bunch of picks. Like if Sam Bradford's worth a first and a fourth, and he goes 4-0 and in these four games, they'll get two firsts for him. It'll be utterly ridiculous. Or they'll get to keep him, sit him on the bench, pay him a pithy wage, and then Tom Brady will step down. They'll have a quarterback for the future. Bill Belichick will never die as he's been replaced by an animatronic Bill Belichick and just forever the coaching robot and quarterback combination will continue to make life too easy for Pats fans I mean you have just gone a little hysterical not what you're saying is hysterical but you've gone a bit hysterical Will Gavin I'm tired and you are so right about all of that it's so annoying that they are still that good I mean, do you want to? Do you want to know? But they're what? lucky. They were lucky because Canta, Catanzaro. No one will get that name right throughout the rest Can, of the Catanzaro. Cantons, no, there's no end between Catanzaro. It's Catanzaro. Right, good. Ca- I think I was the one that pointed that out, and now I'm getting yeah, it wrong. exactly. Trying Brilliant. to com- trying to uh, correct me, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, have you heard around the NFL, D- Dan Hansis going off on one about this? No, but I, what, is, I I specifically don't listen to it before we do this show. Otherwise, I will repeat what other people say constantly. And uh, I don't want to do that. I want to have my own opinions on games I haven't watched. I think, that's a, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> but the way he goes off on one about it is it's brilliant. It's so biased and it's so, uh, you know, we're all fans and we hate the fact. Buddy, I feel his pain. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I yeah. feel his pain. Um, just to show you how impressive it was. And let's say you know the slot receivers were unbelievable there is a problem at cornerback for the Arizona Cardinals they do they are going to struggle there uh, on the defensive side of the ball with what they've lost in this summer with what they've got out with injury as well um, I thought Chris Hogan was excellent they couldn't cover either of the slot receivers because um, Julian Edelman also had a decent game incredible um, do you know have you seen Jimmy Garoppolo's third down stats no eight for ten 107 yards and seven first downs. Wow. Could you ever imagine, you know, well, basically, any other backup coming in and doing that in the league? No. No. Colin Kaepernick's certainly not doing it. Well, he's not getting the chance to. He could be very. He could be better than Blaine Gabbert. We don't know. I'm just not talking about it. Uh, <laughs> you brought it up. Yeah, I did. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, so, um, but the point is, is that what most impressed me watching these two games, uh, this game and Trevor Simeon's game on Thursday night, was the poise of both of these players in the pocket. Not just early on, Jimmy Garoppolo. That was a uh, the adjustment, the check that he made for um, the touchdown pass out to the, the right-hand side, the first touchdown pass. Chris Hogan, yeah. Yeah, the Chris Hogan one, where he made, clearly made that change at the line of scrimmage. It wasn't the play that was called. He looked at the defense he changed it that shows what you get from learning under Tom Brady and Bill Belichick for three years before you get to start he changed out he saw a look he liked he got the play he wanted he got the touchdown but in the second half when the Cardinals finally started to get some pressure the blitz started working he got smashed in the mouth a few times he just bounced back up got back into it Mm. didn't let that shake him and for a guy who's essentially a rookie I mean there were there were a number of performances this weekend and we'll talk about them all after we hear from Jeff Christensen but there were a number of performances this weekend. His was the most impressive from a new guy coming in up there with Carson Wentz, but he wasn't going against the Browns' defence. He was going against one of the best defensive units yeah, in the a, league a last top, year. Top five, maybe top three defence this season. Yeah, I know, mate. I, yeah. Well, let's hear Jeff Christensen, a man who knows uh, Jimmy Garoppolo well, who knows Trevor Simeon well, who's been speaking with Gridiron's Matt Sherry earlier today and uh, just told us a little bit about what makes these young men so special. Just to apologise slightly for the quality of the audio on this interview. Uh, it didn't come out great, unfortunately. We did try to tidy it up a little bit, but uh, hopefully it's not too jarring. It's about seven minutes long. Skip ahead if you don't want to hear from Jeff Christensen. But uh, I found what he had to say really fascinating. He's a guy with great insight, and so despite the quality, I really wanted to bring you this interview. So here it is anyway. Enjoy. What interests me is, is what development have you seen from Trevor over those three years? Because it's 
the story's becoming well documented now in the the fact that he's kind of risen from a, a really small sample size of college football. What have you seen progression wise over the last three years? And are you surprised by how he's progressed into uh, well now an NFL starting quarterback? Well, he's the perfect student because he came to me as a 21-year-old at Northwestern. So at Northwestern, he's smart. 21 years of age, he's mature. His dad is a surgeon. His mother's a nurse. So he was raised right. He's very bright. Um, He's a very thoughtful guy. He's always on time. If it's going to be five minutes late, he calls and let me know he's going to be late. Um, and he, he wants to be great and uh, he's not he doesn't do a lot of talking he just shows up and puts in the work and um, because of those qualities um, I, and, and I knew right there that he had a chance to be good and from the very first day we got him and started correcting some of the stuff that he does uh, he would apply it he wouldn't just listen to it but he actually applied it a lot of guys listen to it, pretend like they're listening, but they don't really apply it. And they, that just means they're not really in. They're not all the way in. You know, it's just, it's, it's great to see it when a guy um, is willing to apply proper teaching. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you've, when we've spoken in the past about Jimmy, you've made no secret of the fact that you believed from a young age and still believe now that Jimmy Garoppolo can be a a Super Bowl caliber, $100 million quarterback. What, what are your projections for, for Trevor in the same sense? How good can he become? Do you, do you, would you put him on that level that, you, that you've suggested that Jimmy can get to as well? Absolutely. Without, without hesitation or reservation. Um, and for more reasons than, than just Trevor. John Elway and Gary Kubiak are two people I respect as much or if not more than anybody else there is. They understand the quarterback position uh, explicitly, and they don't care. They don't care if you're a first-round draft pick. They don't care if you're bagging groceries. If you're great from a quarterback technique standpoint, and you go 12-4, and four, they're going to play you. And I have great respect for both of them because of that. They only care about playing the best guy. Yeah, and I imagine that respect's only grown this off-season because they've proven that. They they went out and put their neck on the line and traded for Mark Sanchez and were, were happy to then cut him when they realised that the guy who was third string last year that had in the programme for a year was, was better. And that, that that's kind of rare, isn't it, in, in, in the footballing world for, for a general manager and an owner to have that kind of confidence in their own convictions. Correct. In today's world, very, very rare. And, oh, gee, you looked at guess who won the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, they're, not think, they're not thinking in the box, they're thinking outside the box. Yeah, and I, again, have great respect for them because of that. And I guess it was shown last year as well with their decision to, well, John Elway's decision to get rid of John Fox, and that's a decision that around the league wouldn't have been made, but a Super Bowl comes a year later and you can't really question the process. Correct. And, I mean, what... What interests me as well from from the standpoint of both guys, now we, we've seen both guys now this week play national spotlight games, the only game on TV at that time, unbelievably high-pressure situations, a Super Bowl rematch, and Jimmy Garoppolo going into a place where nobody expected the Patriots to win given the injuries they had and, and the calibre of the opposition. What does it say about both of those guys that they've been able to go into those environments this weekend and, and not just be part of a win, but to actually play an important role within that win as well? I would think, I would, I would hope, um, a little bit of that would tell you how, how they're coached. Um, when, I, when I believe in a guy... I just don't go around telling them that I believe in them. I, I actually really believe in them. Yeah. And I've, told, I've told both of them from the inception, you could be, I mean, because the way you're made, because of how you think, um, you could be uh, potentially the greatest quarterback in the game of football. Uh, um, because if your technique is perfect, um, your technique is perfect. Your accuracy is is at the highest level. Now it just comes down to a a, 
a, a um, conscious choice you have to make that when you get in big moments that you've already been in that big moment. What I mean by that is this. Uh, when it gets there, you're not blown away by it. You're not surprised by it. You expect to be there. And if you play that through in your mind over and over and over, um, uh, a million times in your head, you, you become that vision. You become that image in your head. And I told both of them, you, you, you have the ability. Obviously, I've told Jimmy a lot longer. I've been telling Jimmy for the last six years. Yeah. Uh, but from the moment I got Trevor, I said, you know, dude, I really don't care uh, what's happened thus far at Northwestern. <laughs> I mean, I just don't. All I know is when you decide you're throwing the ball to this guy, when you do it, uh, and it comes out right, it comes out really right. You've got the makings of, of greatness. And, and um, so, you know, you talk them through those things. You, you put them in those positions mentally before they get there. And, and then it's their conscious choice when they get in front of the big stage, how they handle it. And uh, if I'm honest with them, which I always am, and and um, um, and they're honest with themselves, because the bottom line is, is I and I tell them all from the get go, from the get go, um, if you don't want to be great, then tell me, because then I don't want to work with you. I mean, there's no there's no sense in me doing this. Um, I don't want to work with somebody who wants to be really good. There's no point. There's no point in that to me. Um, and from day one, they both said, "Yeah, I want to be great." I said, "Okay, well then, if you want to be great, then I'm going to push you, and uh, I'm going to push you hard, and I'm going to demand a lot. And then all you got to do is show up and put in the time, and then it should take care of itself." And luckily for both of them, they both wound up in the right places with the right people. And uh, now nature is taking its course, you know. Great stuff from Jeff Christensen. So let's just quickly talk about those other young quarterback performances. Then we'll get to everyone's tweets and uh, we'll let everyone get off and enjoy the rest of their week. And we'll do a, a little preview. Oh, we need to do the Thursday night preview show. But of course, then on Friday, we will do our weekend preview of all the Sunday games. And again, I promise we'll touch on every team then. I might do a quick round robin and just give one thought on every team from the highlights I've watched. Uh, if you'd like to do the same. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all right. But like, literally, <laughs> the most get the score in front of us and just do a little uh, one-liner on everyone just to make sure everybody's happy. <laughs> the, the vague takes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but looking at the guys who played this weekend, Carson Wentz, just 38 snaps in the preseason. He was the third-choice quarterback two weeks ago. Now the o- number two overall pick came in, went up against the Cleveland Browns who had gi- uh, given up on him, and the touchdown pass to Jordan Matthews in the left-hand side of the end zone. The touch on that pass was sublime. It's, it's a beautiful pass. It's one of those passes that they make uh, highlight reels out of, don't they? When you see it from um, when you see it from the end zone, the ball's coming over. Matthews over his shoulder takes it. It's a. It, you're right. It's an absolutely beautiful pass, perfectly thrown. And I think it sees the return of Jordan Matthews as a, vi- as, as a fantasy. Uh, I, I never, I never drop faith in Jordan Matthews. I own him across the board, and I'm really pleased. I do. I think he's going to be a great player this year. 22 of 37, 278 yards, two scores through the air, five scoring drives, drives in total. The Browns tried to bring a ridiculous amount of pressure. Uh, it's a shame he's now lost Zach Ertz by the sounds of it for the next four or five weeks because they looked like they had a really good hookup. But even Nelson Aguilar got in on the scoring. You know. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Matthews got the rushing touchdown. Carson Wentz up there with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trevor Simeon as the most impressive performances of the weekend from a new quarterback coming in. Poor RG3. The Bra- the poor Browns. Like I feel sorry on. for them. I I totally agree with what the Browns are doing of getting rid of their tradable assets, starting from scratch, setting the thing, burning it to the ground and going and trying to build from the ground up. But passing on a guy and then losing to him in his debut, and in the same game, losing your starting quarterback for what could be the rest of the season is likely to be at least six to eight games. 
It's just brutal. It's so brownsy, isn't it? It's so very brownsy. You couldn't be much more brownsy. Who are a worse team? The Rams or the Browns? I think the Browns are a worse overall team, but I, I, the fact is it's a reasonable question to ask. Uh, we, we, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <Ooh. laughs> Brock Osweiler, however... Whilst he led the Houston Texans to a 23-14 to 14 win, and by the way, when you wanted to talk about things I got wrong this weekend, I ummed and ahed over that wildcard slot in our preview show between the Bears and the Bucks, and I was just really buying into Vic Fangio in that defence, and I thought, you know what, I just think they might nick it in an NFC North that's in a little bit of turmoil right now. I so wish that I'd gone the other way and gone with the Bucks. The Bears looked dreadful. It, it's great, isn't it? Kevin White looks like a guy who should not be playing in college football, let alone in the NFL. I'm sure that's just rust. I'm sure he'll get there because he's a physical freak. Um, uh, Brock Osweiler clearly got an absolute cannon. Great deep pass to Fuller, but um, he's not. he doesn't read the field. Compare him with... Mm. Uh, you see what uh, particularly Carson Wentz did, and what maybe impressed me most is that he came out and he was making adjustments of the line and making multiple reads it's like you've just come into the nfl and you're able you're progressing through three or four reads sometimes and going to the third or fourth guy and that's not an easy skill to learn when you've come out of college and the people who said they thought he was more pro ready than goff they got the nail on the head because he definitely looks it osweiler all the physical tools but he doesn't seem to quite have it up there yet. It's like the opposite of Jimmy Garoppolo. I know Garoppolo has the physical tools as well, but you would have thought learning under Manning and Elway and all the situation he was in there, he would have got that stuff. But it's, it's a bit Kaepernicky without the running. Oh, I hope not. I hope for Texans fans, I hope not. And also because um, I like the Texans this year. I think his stats, especially that touchdown pass to Will Fuller, I think that that's been um, massaged a little bit because Fuller made that play. It, you know, he he cut back across the field. He went untouched, but that was all down to him reading the field rather than Brock Osweiler. We just—it was a bit of a screen, a, a, a little scream, a, a, a scrump pass. It was a bit like you know, a cross between a screen and a, a dump scrum, pass. A scrump off. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it sounds like something you'd spend your weekend doing in uh, Devon, in Cornwall, Somerset, Somerset. Yeah. One of those ones down in the southwest. <laughs> One of those ones. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, good, good. Hey, Ollie. Yeah, man. There's a new episode, there's a new edition of Gridiron coming out soon. This is like when we insert an advert into the middle of the show. Um, the new NFL season might be underway, but there's no letting up at Gridiron Towers. Issue... Gridiron Towers? X, that's what he's written. XXIV. Have you been sent this by is Sherry? That, is that 24? No, it's the email that he sent out. I haven't even had a bespoke thing sent to me. I don't get any. Uh, hot on the heels of our season preview edition, we're bringing you an exclusive one-on-one with New York Giants standout receiver Odell Beckham Jr. in anticipation of his first competitive appearance on UK soil, whilst fellow visitors the Indianapolis Colts, or specifically the various historical occupants of the quarterback position, will also come under the spotlight. So, I did the interview with Andrew Luck for the podcast. Simon Clancy has written and uh, what I have read an, a first draft of, the piece he's done on the Colts quarterbacks, is ludicrously good. And we'll build up to the International Series. There's loads of stuff with the Jags in there as well. You can get online and subscribe at gridiron-magazine.com now. There's a digital package, a print package, a digital and print package. The joy of the digital package is that you don't have to have a specific tablet or anything to download it. It is... Uh, PDF. It will work on Kindle, iPad, your phone, whatever method you want to read it on. And genuinely, we had a really, really good response to the first edition of this season. I, I do believe, I'm not just saying it, it gets better with everyone. There are other magazines out there that have gone to print and are digitally and are not, they're not quite written as well. <laughs> uh, I'm being diplomatic. Uh, apart from the stuff written for on the pod, which I write and then get slated for my grammar for like the next 24 hours. Yeah, exactly. But it, yeah, it's, it it is a great uh, a great thing to have. I think especially the the physical version. Get the physical version, guys. Uh, it, it smells really good. I know that's a it's weird that thing new to paper say. Smell, isn't it? Like it a, it's a printing great. smell. It like genuinely smells great. Is it in your top three smells? <laughs> oh. My top three smells. Do you know what smell I really like? Uh, Napalm in the morning. Exactly. Brilliant. Uh, (laughs) Apocalypse Gavin. I love the smell of rain on a hot day. Oh, that's a great one. When you get that kind of asphalty kind of... 
I will take your reign on a hot day and I will chuck in there cooking rice. I love the smell of cooking rice. Like frying rice or like boiling rice? Boiling rice. But boiling rice doesn't really have a smell, does oh, no, it? Oh, dear, oh, oh. Or are you throwing like saffron and stuff? Well, in? No, I know I, you're actually, that kind of fancy bastard. I do, I do fry it first of all in some sesame seed oil oh, and then you, you add do. the water. Oh, you tasty, tasty mother. Uh, <laughs> uh, get our number two and number one smells in next week's show. <laughs> we, we didn't actually give our opinions on the... Um, on the um, Aren't we doing vague takes? Uh, on the, well, we need to do vague takes. Let's do tweets first. Let's let's because we'll do real takes from what people have sent in on tweets. And of course, people have been Tweet getting takes. hysterical. Hysterical, hysterical. Do you want to do our songs first, or should we do the tweets first and keep it about football, and then people can like leave before the nonsense starts? Yeah, let's do that. Fine, great. Uh, Neil tweets. Can we, oh, that was that. We've done that one already. Uh, Michael tweets. Was this the best opening weekend ever, or am I a biased Raiders fan? And David says ballsiest calls ever from Jack Del Rio. If you don't know what we're referring to. It was the call from Jack Del Rio, a point down, having been led down the field by Derek Carr. They're 33-34 down. Do they kick the extra point? Do they send the game to overtime? What happens? What do they do, Will? They go for the two-point conversion. Not only do they go for the two-point conversion, but they throw the ball. They throw the ball to the back of the end zone to Michael Crabtree. Now, I don't know if anyone remembers Michael Crabtree having the ball thrown to him in the back of the end zone in the dome in New Orleans. It's happened a few times before, certainly in a Super Bowl about four years ago, and it never worked then, did it? Hey, Will, do you want to hear what happens? Go on, then. Is Jack Del Rio going to go for two here, He's going for two. If you don't make this, you lose. If you make it, you're in a position to win. Carr, out of the shotgun. Looks left. Throws a lob for Michael Crabtree. Caught it! He caught it! He caught it! The Raiders have the lead! (laughs) Inside (laughs) the Superdome in New Orleans, where they gave him three shots to win the Super Bowl for the 49ers, (laughs) and he couldn't do it. I'm not the only person who remembered Michael Crabtree not being able to catch a ball. Uh, <laughs> how great! Um, how great was it that that play caller, uh, radio play caller? I think he was local radio. He dredged that from his memory. Yeah. Love from a, a team which isn't his. Yeah. I think that's great. Love that. I th- maybe Bay Area thing, maybe that's yeah, why he remembers. Be, but be, yeah, yeah that, was, that, that is impressive. Anyway, finished Oakland Raiders 35, New Orleans Saints 34. Plenty to take away from this game. The Saints, first of all, look great on offense. That's, oh, that's, Brandon Cooks. Get away from it. Brandon Cooks had a great game. Willie Sneed had a great game. Mark Ingram had a great game, both as a pass catcher, catcher and running. Drew Brees, all in all just hasn't seemed to lose any accuracy any arm strength at 37 years old it's utterly ridiculous but this all comes down to the Raiders and now I two things about this first of all you must have seen the Jack Del Rio tweet oh my god it was incredible so ESPN stats I've heard about it ESPN stats and info tweeted out um, you would have a 51% chance of winning if you kick the PAT and yada, yada, yada. You only have a 40% chance of winning by going for the two-point conversion. I don't know what happens to that other 8 9%. Maybe that's the tie. But he quote tweeted that and just went, well, it's a good thing ESPN don't coach the Oakland Raiders then, isn't it? I love that. I Jack love Del that. Rio, a man described on this very podcast as one of the worst coaches in the NFL by Matt Sherry, is having a banner week. <laughs> well, well done. <laughs> can we do next week things that Matt Sherry got wrong? Oh, we can always do things that Matt <laughs> Sherry got wrong, but then it means we have to talk about the things he got right as well, and that means talking about the Patriots more. And we have to maybe talk to him. <sighs> yeah. yeah, okay. All of that. All of that. Joe Breeze, 400 yards for the 14th time in his career. That is nuts, isn't it? It's like I'm doing this research live on the show whilst we're doing it. Is that 400 yards and four touchdowns, or is it just 400 yards? 400 yards for the 14th time in his career. He's also, I think he's also the quarterback with the most 500-yard games as well, uh, with about four-odd. And isn't he the guy with the most 5,000-yard Seasons, seasons in a row oh no not even that he's got he's the he was the only guy with multiple 5,000 yard seasons until two years ago and he's got like five and the nearest person's got two of the quarterbacks playing now is he the most locked in for Hall of Fame Tom Brady is the obvious one. Oh yeah well he's not playing right now yeah <laughs> well there we go see uh beyond Tom Brady I'd say yeah absolutely because there's a conversation about say Phil Rivers uh, without the championship, what does that mean for him? Yeah. I think he has the career stats and the performances. Does Eli get in? Because uh, of two? I, I kind of think Eli does get in, but I think Eli partially gets in because I think 
you see what they did with the offense this weekend in their 20 to 19 win over the Cowboys. And with all the pass catchers they've got there, and Larry Donnell looked impressive this weekend. Sterling Shepard caught a touchdown on his NFL debut. Victor Cruz came back. Victor Cruz caught a touchdown. First one for over 1,100 uh, days. And they're a team who the defense still don't look great, even though I thought Olivia Vernon had a brilliant game on his debut from the highlights I saw. But all in all, I think that... This season, he could end up having a four and a half thousand yard season quite easily. And if he does that a couple more times because of that, those weapons they've put around him now, those will inflate mm. his stats. So he'll suddenly have the stats and the rings. And so I think Eli eventually does go to the to the hall. I don't think he does right at this moment if he retired right now. But give him two more, three more years with this offense and with what they're doing with Ben McAdoo. Yeah, I think he does. Tony Romo is another interesting case. I think he doesn't quite have it yet. I think that the lack of postseason production is a real issue for him. Um, and I actually think his inconsistency in being able to stay on the field later in his career means that he's not been able to bump up there. Imagine if Tony Romo could have got the stats compared to two years ago behind that O-line when he was so well protected. And he carried mm. that on and done that last season and this season as well. If he hadn't had the big injuries, he'd suddenly have a career that looks Hall of Fame. Yeah, but. but yeah. I think he's touch and go at the moment. So that's a weird conversation to have just come out of nowhere uh, on the first week of the season when there's so much to talk about. Uh, well, that's why people probably aren't still listening. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> hot takes. We've got more hot takes, more hysteria. Hysterical. Hysterical. I'm, I'm just about a half a second off, though. Dave it's really Gray says Jimmy G is the GOAT. And Brendan says Tom Brady will be and so uh, Brendan says this is more ridiculous Tom Brady will be a Ram or 49er in 2017 I mean that's one of the worst tweets that we've ever been (laughs) sent isn't it Uh, Brendan keep tweeting us please we love it at uh, Gridiron but come on man well the thing is I think that uh, if they trade somebody away they're going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo away even though Tom Brady is you know they will never trade him away he will I don't think he'll never play for another team is what I would imagine happens if he does I I think we said the same about Peyton but yeah we probably said that about Brett Favre Um, (laughs) no I don't think anyone said that everyone knew Favre was going to come back in that way Uh, we've talked about that game though in some detail Uh, Rob tweets my week one thought is that Dallas's D is going to make a lot of running backs look good this year also please someone tell Jason Garrett that keeping the D off the field only works if the offence actually puts up points which comes to things Will Gavin was right about Dak Prescott could not recreate that preseason form in week one against the Giants defence which is not going to be the best they face this year I'm not saying he was terrible and he opened the game very well couple of 15-yard plays, looked very assured in the pocket, had really great pass protection, but that protection just didn't hold up for the rest of the game. And unlike what we said about Simeon and about Garoppolo earlier, when he started to get the pressure in his face, I think Prescott wilted a little bit. He's a fourth, don't get me wrong, he's a fourth-round rookie. He shouldn't be starting already, and he shouldn't be starting and playing this well already. I just got a bit annoyed with the, the hysteria preseason. Mm which has maybe clouded my judgment a little bit on that. <laughs> You've just gone completely full circle. I'm, <laughs> that was incredible. I, if people just listen, <laughs> just press back 15 a couple of times, guys, on your on your devices. And just re-listen to that. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's a man in full ramble. <laughs> incredible stuff. I, I feel like I'm having a lot of revelations today. Uh, <laughs> have we got, Ollie, give me some more tweets. <laughs> How good does Winston look? Says Alex. Uh, could they beat the Panthers this season Whoa. to the AFC South or get a playoff spot? Well, didn't both of us say that the Bucks would uh, make the playoffs? No, no wait, only one of us did. Hey, oh! <laughs> and I think I remember saying at the time, I really like that pick, Ollie. Yeah. Why didn't I change mine? I, do you know why I didn't change mine? Because I wanted to piss you off by saying the Bears. I have been hoisted by my own petard. I know it's only week one and I'm getting a little bit hysterical, but yeah, for the sake of... Hysterical! You can't change that. For the sake of a joke, I have uh, (laughs) have ruined my predictions for the season. (laughs) Incredible. Hot damn it. Uh, Winston was incredible. Yeah against the Falcons on Sunday. Uh, Tampa Bay ran out 31-24 winners. Uh, Began the game 2-5 with an interception. Well done. 
Yeah, not bad. Didn't look great. Yeah. Uh, subsequently, we went 21 for 28, four touchdowns, including a ludicrous touchdown pass to Austin Safarian Jenkins, and then a second ludicrous touchdown pass to Mike Evans. Uh, Safarian Jenkins, the guy who, do you remember at the beginning of the preseason, he got kicked out of training because of his attitude and yeah. off the field and everything else. He looked great. Like the player that we thought we saw coming out a year ago. Uh, just I'm so it. pleased. Loved it. I'm so pleased for him. And I, I always thought he had it in him, actually. I don't think they're going to beat the Panthers. I think the Panthers still look really good last week, and I, I, it, it kind of rubber the green. It didn't go their way. I still think the Panthers are the strongest team in that division by some distance. But, uh, yeah, the Bucks are in line for being a dark NFC playoff horse. Yeah, I'm, um, yeah. I'm on board with that. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Terrible uniforms, but I'm with you. <laughs> I mean, they are awful uniforms. There were some Carson Wentz uh, hot takes as well. Okay, yes, uh, David Cheeseman, what a great great weekend of football. Who needs Sam Bradford when we have Carson Wentz? Cheers for the first pick, Vikings. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's really going to be a rub. Well, we, I, I tell you what, I know we could talk about that. Also, Adam tweeted, is Carson Wentz already the best quarterback the Eagles have ever had? Oh, it's pretty harsh. On Michael Vick? No. I'm uh, thinking we go back a little bit further than that. Go, go back a bit further for me. Who do you? Who, well, there's 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 a couple in there, but there's one standout. Were you not with us when we spoke to him at the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe not then. Donovan McNabb. Oh, I was. He was my favourite. Oh, he was great at the Super Bowl, wasn't he? He was really good fun. I love Donovan McNabb, and I will not have a bad word said against him. But no, no, well, I'm not having a bad word against him. But he, he was did, he was great. Adam did also hashtag it Hysteria Lane. If only we still had the drop, I would definitely play it there for the sake of the retro hashtag. Um, let's uh, just to mention the Vikings. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. Let's save that. And we'll do the hot takes on teams we haven't spoken about. Um, David tweets, thank you, Keenan Allen, for getting hurt so early that I don't need to hold up false hope that for my San Diego stupor charges. Uh, do you know, David, no player wants to ever get hurt. I know you've just kind of... Uh, I don't know how I feel about this tweet. I don't know how I feel. Yeah, I think it was meant with tongue-in-cheek. Uh, I hope so. I really I- hope so, because it's not his fault. I'm gutted for him. I'm gutted for you and your fantasy aspirations. I'm gutted that no one wants to see a great player that we haven't seen enough of go down like that with potentially a a, a, a career-changing injury. He might not come back the same man. I I truly believe that if you look at what the Chargers were doing on Sunday night even when he was out of the game, the offensive line is already looking better and the Chiefs aren't a bad pass-rushing team even without Justin Houston. And they came back in a big way and Alex Smith was really impressive. But I believe Keenan Allen with a full season this year would have put himself into the conversation with the likes of... Calvin Johnson. AJ Green, with the likes of... Well, he's not in the league anymore. No, 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 but formerly. Receivers, like, oh, the, OK, the, OK. Maybe not quite that Antonio Brown, Julio Jones tier, but... In terms of number one receivers, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think he was a cl- he is a clear number one, and I think he's up there with those with those sorts of players. And I'm genuinely gutted for them because he could have had a career year this year. The, the stats he put up last year in the brief time he played for were phenomenal, and I'm j- properly gutted about mm. this. Even away from the fact that I drafted him in like five fantasy leagues, I'm just gutted for the man. I'm just properly, like, it was one of those injuries where he's, like, crying when he goes off the field, and it just hurt. It's sickening, actually. It and we, we are accused by no one, but I sometimes think that we are of just being a bit trivial, and... <laughs> We're always trivial. I know, but in this respect, it's kind of a bit of a serious hat on. I'm, I'm, truly, I'm truly upset. Well, there we go. Should we finish there? No, I don't think we should. No, no. Uh, I love this tweet from Adam Barton. Okay. What are the big storylines from this week that will be forgotten by week four? Hashtag tell TGS. Well, if it's by week five, it's Jimmy Garoppolo because they're going to put Brady back in no matter what. But I would say the big one for me is underperforming running backs because there's a lot of people getting hysterical about Todd Gurley already. Hysterical! Hysterical! A lot of people getting hysterical about um, Adrian Peterson based off the one game. Yes, he was poor yesterday, but, you know, the 19 carries, 31 yards, not good. Not good, but he can't 
be perfect and play every game well, I still think he'll have like a 1,500-plus yard all-purpose season and still be brilliant. I, that's the one thing I would say, people underrating those high-end running backs early on. Yeah, I th- that's a great shout. I, I think um, the Seahawks being bad, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I think that will go away quite quickly. I think quickly. that's one that's going to go away. I'm going to keep peddling it for a while, but when I find... <laughs> <laughs> Unsurprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's, let's do... Uh, the 49ers being good. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> mate, much like last year when we beat the Vikings in week one and looked really impressive false defensively. It's, it's, a fo- it's a horrible false dawn. It's the I, 49er dawn. I got some really bad... I got some stick on Twitter from fellow 49ers fans for being negative after the game. I'm like, guys... Guys, not a good team. Wind your necks in, boys. Let's just chill out. Um, Just very quickly then, let's do our run through and do a hot take on all the teams that we haven't talked about this week. Um, Talks about the Bucks, talks about the Falcons. Uh, Have we talked about the Vikings? Great defence. Defence looks really, really good. Um, Sean Hill is not a quarterback that's going to run your offence for you. No, and... Uh, Stefan Diggs looks pretty decent as well. I think get Sam Bradford in there. I know he's not a top, top-end guy, but what Tennessee did was they stuffed the box. Eight men, nine men at all times. Made it very difficult for Peterson to run. That's why Diggs got that man coverage and was able to beat it and do well. But I think if you have a better quarterback in there than Sean Hill with more threat, then defences will have to be more honest and that will give Adrian Peterson the running room he needs. Titans... A simple thing. Let's not get too overexcited. The Titans, yeah. the, 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 the Titans, the second half they fell apart when uh, offensively. But I, I think you know they've still got plenty, plenty in the barrels to look like a competitive team this year. Wow. I mean, I, I agree with you. It, it looks like Demarco Murray could be back to somewhere near his best that, that somersault oh, touchdown yeah. was insane wasn't it highlight play yeah love that uh, Eagles Browns we've talked about Ravens Bills 13-7 there's wow. literally nothing to talk about here uh, Tyra Taylor had a terrible day the awful, Ravens defence played really well day. but all in all not great although Mike Wallace getting like a 70 yard catch and run touchdown was uh, a lovely throwback to his old Steelers days, and I slightly enjoyed that. Texans and Bears, we kind of talked about these two teams. Yep, done it. Uh, love Will Fuller. Yep, love Lamar Miller as well. Still yeah, looks good. Yeah, I will, I will apologise to you about Lamar Miller. I Ooh. didn't think... I didn't think It's a little early for that, mate. Well... He could get terrible by week four. That's why I'm hoping I apologise now <laughs> and it'll happen. Uh, the Bengals beating the Jets 23-22. I can't believe we haven't talked about this game, but AJ Green unbelievable player and then came out afterwards and basically was asked to slate Darrell Revis who his catches over Darrell Revis uh, were ridiculous and he just came out and talked about what a great player he was classy man as well the Jets uh, Matt Forte uh, for the Jets had a, a, a massive day didn't he I think uh, I didn't over see a huge amount of Forte because I've only seen the highlights of this game and but yeah 22 carries 96 yards oh. but also another 70 80 odd uh, in through the air Cracking. as well so over 150 160 yards on the day loads of touches I think he was I think he was out there for all but seven uh, of the Jets uh, the Jets plays so they're really really using him Worrying for people like uh, uh, fancy owners for Bilal Powell, uh, you know, uh, people like that. So uh, I, I, there's not much more. Looking, looking at the looking at the the stat lines because I've only seen the brief highlights of this game. The concerns for me, I'd say, are uh, red zone efficiency. By the looks of it, they had plenty of opportunities and didn't didn't complete them. Um, and neither Brandon Marshall nor Eric Deck had a big day. Maybe that's down to the Bengals' defense. But uh, you know those two were brilliant last year. And they need those two to perform again. Raiders, Saints, we've talked about. Packers, Jags, we've talked about. Chiefs, Chargers, we haven't. This game was also ridiculous. I know we talked about Keenan Allen, and I know I think the Chargers' season's probably done now. But hysterical. <laughs> 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 this season's. I mean, there are some teams that you could say that their season's done already, but you can't say that about the Chargers. Let's be really quick about this. Alex Smith, unbelievable in that second half. Spencer Ware, when Jamal Charles comes back, uh, trade him to be a starting running back elsewhere if you're not going to start him, because he deserves to be starting in this league. And Melvin Gordon! Finally got a touchdown. And he he got two of them! He's like a bus! (laughs) Uh, Seahawks, Dolphins, Giants, Cowboys, we've briefly touched on all these teams. Lions, Colts... 
I mean, we we've saved the most calamitous game till last well the thing is what amazed me about this game is in the cowboys game you had that final terence williams play and let's all point and laugh and go amazing des bryant's reaction when he wasn't going out of bounds screaming at him and pointing out of bounds was amazing but marvin jones did the same thing for the lions and it's only because they managed to get up spike the ball and 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 finish the drive off that that's not being talked about in the same terms because other than a reasonably good day for their offense 39 points not bad um that was nearly very boneheaded but amir abdullah and theo riddick as a one-two punch tell you what theo riddick oh theo riddick yeah that's up there with the jeremy hill giovanni bernardas in terms of the one twos in in this league charles sims and uh Doug Martin. Doug, Doug Martin. Doug Martin didn't have a good game, by the way, uh, against the Bucks, uh, against the Falcons for the Bucks. But yeah, oh, I like that. Oh, Will Gavin, I've got a that that. There's a little sort of uh, featurette or talking point for future pods. The one-two one punch. Nice, right? Jets to wear all white uniforms against the Bills. This is the only thing we need to preview for Thursday night football, right? Yes. Yeah. Color rush is back. Yeah. What's your thought? Well, okay, let's do the Colour Rush kit review after the game because you need to see them in action, don't you? I need to see them in action. I've only seen stills. I like Washington's Colour Rush uniform. Do you know what? I like uh, the Cardinals and the 49ers. Both have the all-black going on. Oh, I haven't seen any others than the ones that you sent me that that, that tweet Oh, you scroll through. There's loads more of them. Oh, what? It's it's got every team. Is that two Michaels? Oh, yeah. Hi, Hi, Mike. Yeah. We're it's doing a right. podcast. It's Mike Graham, everyone. Hello. Hello, Mike Graham. Uh, when are you finishing that? Uh, very, very, very in, soon. In the next 30 seconds or so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Can we wait around and hang around and see you then? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going I'm not going away. He's tech-hopping for you. I know, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I want to do something for us. Oh, okay, cool. Right, yeah, give yeah, us 30 yeah. seconds. We'll 30 seconds, up. we'll be done. <laughs> that was nice. Mike Graham of uh, Talk Sport, everybody. <laughs> I love Mike Graham. Uh-huh. Um, Jets, Bills. I think the Jets should win this one and win it handily based on the week one performances. Uh, yeah, I utterly agree. The Bills look awful. Tyrod Taylor looks totally out of sorts. Sammy Watkins looks like he's got, he had a, a, a foot operation in the off-season. He's feeling complications within that foot, which totally affected his game. Uh, Shady McCoy, uh, yeah. Uh, that did, <laughs> I mean, Great analysis, buddy. Th- well, uh, I think the jury's still out on Shady. Um, he had an okay game against the Ravens. Ravens, good, good defense. Um, jets for me. Right, we've got four hysterical drops. Let's do it next time. We've had suggested for us. We're going to take those, we're going to put them on the back burner, and then we're going to say to you, at Gridiron, if you want a new hysterical drop, make some suggestions. A song, a lyric that we can change, something I can badly sing, ideally, that would be great. Ollie, anything else you want to add to this rambling week one review pod? No, I'll, I'll talk to you about Radiohead off air. Ollie, football's back. That's all that matters. Yes! What a wonderful, wonderful weekend it was. What a wonderful 21 weekends more we've got to go at the season. And we'll be with you every stage of the way here on The Gridiron Show. Get to gridiron-magazine.com. You can see the Tuesday morning touchdown there with more of our takes from the weekend, plus a lot of the writers from the magazine. You can subscribe there as well. It's really genuinely worth getting. And at Gridiron for us on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast if you're just a one-off listener. You can do it in many, many places. And you can rate and review and everything else that helps us out. Otherwise... Thank you very much for listening. This has been The Gridiron Show.